another week. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to give thanks to my pastor, which is my father. And I know Pastor Appreciation Sunday was last Sunday. But I didn't have the opportunity to say anything. And he's not here right now, so he can't say me or tell me to stop or uh, defend himself. No, I'm just kidding. But I'd like to tell you about my father, my pastor, your pastor, and uh, just give honor to him right now. Some people don't really understand. I know there's some other ministers, Brother Ham understands, but behind the scenes, a lot of people don't really understand the burden and the weight that comes behind pastoring a wonderful church. There would be many times where I can remember in high school, I'd come home and I could hear my dad crying in his room, tearing for souls, praying for people. There'd be many days where my dad, my pastor, I would act like I was asleep, but he'd come into my bedroom early before I went off to high school and he'd crawl into the bed beside me and I could hear him praying. I could hear him crying. You know, those, those are the situations that I know of my pastor, my father. And that same amount of love and affection that he expressed towards me in a time where I really needed it in high school. And even to this day, I really need it. But that same love and affection he has expressed towards this church and the amount of time and effort that he puts in. And I'd like to give him honor right now. I know he's on his way to Florida and he deserves it with the rest of the family. But I'd like to give my father, my pastor, honor right now. Why don't you give my father a hand clap, although he's not here right now. Amen. Amen. And why don't you give it to God one more time. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this service. We thank you, Lord, for your touch. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in the hearts and minds of everyone here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I've never really been a long-winded preacher. And uh, you have watched me groan in this church. And uh, you've, you've extended a lot of love towards me and my siblings. And so I, I pray that you would extend some more love to me and bear with me as I try to strategically get this point across to you that I, I feel is very pertinent for this this moment in time for somebody if not everybody in this building today so if we could turn our Bibles to the book of John chapter 11 and we'll begin reading in verse 32 And it says, Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And said, Where have ye laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. 
Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take you away the stone, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he hath been dead four days. And Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from this place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I knew that thou heardest me always. But because of the people which stand by me, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. Amen. I'd like to turn your attention to verse 35, where the scripture says, And Jesus wept. And Jesus wept. This morning, I'd like to talk to you just briefly and speak to you about God's storehouse of unclaimed promises. Amen. Before you're seated, I want to pray, but I want to do something a little differently. I would like for everybody to put your Bibles down, anything that you have in your hands. I believe that the Lord's going to impart some things. I won't be long, but I believe that the Lord's going to impart some spiritual guidance, some spiritual wisdom, that there's going to be a divine impartation. So I want everyone to raise their hands, put one of them on your forehead, and begin to ask God in this time of prayer right before I begin to speak, that the Lord would give you uh, divine inspiration, that He'd give you a progressive revelation of who He is and who He is meant to be in your life right now. Lord, right now I pray that Your Holy Ghost would go forth. Uh, I pray right now that uh, Your hand would be placed upon each and every individual in this place. That, Lord, you would usher a spirit of revelation, a progressive revelation of who you are and who we are meant to be in you. I pray, Lord, that a spirit of authority would come upon us, that we'd speak with authority, that we'd pray with authority, that we'd fast with authority, that we begin to understand who we are and who we've been called to be in you. I pray, Lord, that you'd help the spiritually immature or the babes in Christ to grow to fullness of knowledge of who you are and who you've called them to be in you right now in the name of Jesus I pray right now that your hand would be upon me Lord help me to put aside my pride put aside any carnal thing in my mind that would come against the word being delivered uh, at its uh, magnitude of which I believe you have in store for it in the name of Jesus right now I thank you Lord you may be seated and clap your hands while you're at it Amen. I seem to use a lot of stories when I preach, and uh, 
it helps me because I'm not a very good speaker. Um, I, I use a lot of stories to, to fill up time and fill up spaces. <laughs> so I don't have to think as much. But um, as of uh, several months ago, my wife and I were in conversation. And we had been discussing identity within the church and how a world's perspective of identity is being woven into the very fibers of how we pray and seek the face of God. And so as my wife and I continued to talk about this identity crisis that is being waged between the world and the church I, I believe, and I asked the pastor if I could share this, and he said, go ahead. So I believe that as I was in conversation with my wife, the Lord gave me what I interpreted as a small vision. And in this thought that had come to my mind, I saw a man. And I saw a large set of stairs of to which number I could not count. It was a large set of stairs, and it seemed to be leading up to this building, a building, a mansion with pillars. It was so tall, I could not see the end of it, and it was so wide, I could not see the end of it. And as I walked past this man who was sitting on the stairs of this great mansion, I, I could not see his face, but I could tell that his countenance was of a sad nature. You, you know the, the, the old saying, actions speak louder than words. So this man did not have to tell me that he was upset or that he was sad for me to understand that he was sad. He was sitting there in despair. And I walked past him and I walked inside this mansion. And this was all in a moment of uh, uh, probably about two minutes. It wasn't very long, but as I was talking, I, I began to see this in my mind's eye. And I walked into this mansion, and inside this mansion, there were many shelves of which I could not number. Just like the vastness of the building, just like the height, just like the width, just like the length, I could not tell you where it ended. And as I walked in, I could see many shelves. There were objects on these shelves, of which, once again, I could not tell you what they were. But each shelf had an object on top of it. And I walked around, and I looked around, and I went back outside, and the man was still sitting there, still sad. And it was over. I told my wife about it. And I thought about it the whole day at work. The very next day I got up early. As you know, I work in construction. So we get up early. And, and the, the moment that I woke up and my head popped off that pillow, I began to think of what I had seen. And I asked the Lord. I said, I don't know what this means. I don't, I don't know what I just saw. I don't know what I just witnessed. I don't know what you had allowed me to experience. Would you give me some insight? And so the first thing that I did that I thought was, was the right thing to do was I called mom. <laughs> because who has all the answers but mom? And so I called my mom and I said, Mom, I just want to ask you a question. 
if you had a gift, if you had a building with tons of shelves and things that, that were on these shelves could affect my life for the better, and that would change me. And yet, Mom, I never asked for them. I never once took the opportunity as your son to ask you, could I have what's on those shelves? And my mom responded and she said, yes, I would be very sad. I would be sad because I had something I knew would change your life for the better, but yet you never asked for it or you possibly never knew how to ask for it. And so the conversation went on and I, I told her I loved her and I hung up the phone and I began to drive and I said that's what it was all about. Is that there's a God that has a mansion full of things that could change our lives. But the problem is, is sometimes we don't know how to ask for them. The old saying goes, ignorance is bliss. But I don't believe that that could be any further from the truth. You see, because ignorance is not bliss, ignorance is bondage. So the question I had to ask myself or begin to ask myself was, Winston, can a saint, someone that has been born and raised in this, somebody that has either born and, been born and raised, and I thank God for that every day, or somebody that has come into this at some point in time in their life, the understanding of, of truth that, that has been ushered to them, or a, or, or a sinner, someone that has never known truth, never been filled with the Holy Ghost, can they both be found in bondage? And the answer that I quickly came to was yes. Saint and sinner both alike can be found in bondage. And the reason because is that both can live their entire lives and never come to the true understanding of who they were called to be in Christ. I have here written about um, the story of Philip, one of the Lord's disciples. And I'm paraphrasing, and it said, Lord, show us the Father, and that should be good. And the Lord responded, Philip, how is it that I've been with you for so long, and yet you still do not know me? That's because the promises of God are not self-fulfilling. If you draw nigh to God, He'll draw nigh to you. So in modern vernacular, if you will, God will. See, that's the thing. A, a lot of times, in, and I, I don't want to press people. I, I really, I want to do this with all love. And I want you to understand that I love you. But the thing is, of the matter is that, is that I've even found myself in this same situation to where I sat on a pew my whole life. I've been, I've been born and raised in this. And so at some point in time, I had to shake myself and awake myself to the understanding that, hey, I got to move. I got to do something or else I'm going to be swallowed up. I'm going to be left behind. I'm going to be forgotten about 
Because you know what? The promises of God, the promises that I want to see fulfilled in my life, they're not self-fulfilling. Just because I sit on a pew doesn't mean I'll be a recipient of what God has in store for us. Amen. That's why we must pray. And I led us in a prayer of progressive revelation so that we begin to understand who God is. Because a promise can't really be a promise until you get a true revelation of who it is that's making the promise. Amen. Jeff Arnold said it best. True revelation releases God to be for us what he already is. The promise maker. Amen. It's real quiet in here right now. But I believe that the Lord's speaking to somebody. I believe that somebody's getting an understanding of who they are meant to be or who they are called to be in Christ. We talked about, we sang about in the service earlier about being an overcomer. But you see, we can only really truly become an overcomer when we begin to understand the one who's helping us to overcome. Amen. That's truth. That's wisdom right there. I believe God wants us to understand that he is calling people. He is calling us to begin to know because there's a great work that's happening in this church right now. God's doing a great move. He's, he's really bringing people in. We're seeing more baptisms. We're seeing more people filled with the Holy Ghost. But it's time for us as saints, as believers, to begin to understand who we are called to be in Christ. We're called to be overcomers. And we're called uh, to, to be warriors, to be prayer warriors, to be fasters, to, to be seekers after the throne of God. Amen. Bishop Arthur a while back told me this through a text message. He said, pray big prayers to a big God who has made big promises. But you see, like I said before, you can't really become a recipient of the promises of God until you release him to be what he's always been, the promise maker. It's time for us as a people of God to begin to walk in authority it's time for us to begin to walk in apostolic identity and know who our Father is. You see, I believe that it's a real thorn in the sight of God when His children, which are called by His name, don't really know who He is and the authority that they've been given. You know, the death of Lazarus was really no big deal because the Lord had already performed countless, a countless, a countless number of miracles before this. So what makes this any more different? We find that he, that uh, it says here that Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, coming to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. He groaned in the spirit. We find earlier in, the, in, the ver, in verse uh, 33, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. I know the Bible describes a friendship that the Lord had with Lazarus. But it was when the Lord arrived on the scene and Mary fell before him crying, saying, If you had only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And all the people that had gathered and were weeping that he then groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And Jesus wept because most of them, if not all of them, had already sat under his teachings 
and watched him perform many miracles, but yet didn't know or believe that they could have done it themselves. Saints, at the end of my life, when all is said and done, I want to have a sense of accomplishment and know that I have exercised my apostolic identity. I don't want to hear the Lord groan and be troubled as he says, Winston, if you had only known what I had in store for you, what promises I had for you. But I wonder how different our worship would be if we allowed a progressive revelation of who he were meant to be in Christ to seep down into the very fibers of our being. How differently we would pray. How differently we would fast. How differently we would soul win. How differently we would approach his throne room. Saints, this is, this is an important matter. Is that we begin to allow the scales to fall from our eyes. And understand that there is a moving. There is a shifting in the spiritual realm that is taking place in Richmond. And we are going to experience great works. We are going to experience great wonders. The Bible says that miracles, signs, and wonders should follow them that believe. And I believe that I'm in a house right now full of believers. Amen. And I want to experience these things. But sometimes these things won't take place until we get a true understanding of who we were called to be in Christ. Jesus groaned more than once. He groaned twice. When first they, they asked if you don't, Mary had asked if you had been here, uh, my brother wouldn't have died. And he groaned. And then the people said, well, uh, you could have risen him up if you could have. And then he groaned again. Maybe that was because the Lord knew that, hey, these people have the power, but they just don't believe. They just can't see it. But I believe that we are going into a place where the Lord wants to work on us. The Lord wants to open our eyes. The Lord wants to give us an understanding of who He is. And the Lord wants to begin to work in this church and in our midst. I believe it wholeheartedly. Why don't you give God a hand clap of praise right now. Amen. There is vision that, that has been casted by Pastor Arthur and by Jesse Arthur. Pastor Jesse. And I pray that we receive what God has in store for this church. I pray that we would go home and we would earnestly seek progressive revelation of who he is. And I promise you, your prayers will change. Your walk with God will change. The way you talk to God will change. I'm not going to be much longer if the musicians would like to come up right now. But I want us to begin to understand that if we begin to change, we could see the world change and we could see our families change. If we begin to open our understanding to the apostolic identity that we have been given when we received the Holy Ghost, that things would begin to change in our family situations. If you begin to approach the throne room of throne room of God and you begin to ask the Lord and say Lord I have some lost children I have some children that are messed up in the world 
And, and I want to see them saved. But sometimes these promises that are in this throne room can never really be accomplished until we understand the relationship that we have with the Father. And I believe that image that I had was of God. I believe that that man stand, sitting there was the Lord. And that he was sad because he had a, a, a house full of saints, full of pe people that believe, full of people that speak in tongues. And yet, he had a whole storehouse of gifts. Just waiting to be taken. Just waiting to be used. But no one, no one ever came. And the sadness of his heart broke me as I was talking to my wife. I believe that the Lord is, is trying to work in somebody's heart today. I don't need to be long to get my point across. But I believe that the Lord really wants to open your eyes and open your understanding. That in order for us to really have a great depth, a, a great moving, a great shifting in the spirit. Uh, for us to begin to walk into deeper waters. We need to begin to understand the relationship that we have between myself. And the Father. That way we could pray some of these things into fruition. And begin to see them come to pass. Right now I want everyone to raise their hands. The Lord sees your prayers. The Lord sees your cries. The Lord knows your problems. The Lord knows the promises that He's made to you. He hasn't forgotten them. He's just waiting on somebody here in this place. To begin to walk in authority. To begin to walk in an understanding of who they've been called to be in Christ. That way you can grab a hold of the promises that He's made you and really obtain them. I want some people in this place to begin to imagine some lost loved ones. And the promises that they would come back to church. And the promises... That he has made that, hey, you know, one day they're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Their lives are going to be changed and they'll never be the same. But I wonder how differently we would begin to pray. How differently we begin to seek the face of God if we begun to understand the identity that we have between ourselves and him. I know this is a little bit heavier. But I ask everybody to be understanding and to say, you know what, Lord? Maybe I haven't been really looking at you in the right way. I pray that you'd give me a greater revelation of who you are according to your scripture, according to the works. You said miracles, signs, and wonders should follow me. I don't want to hear stories of people that had experienced them overseas. I want to experience them for myself right here and right now. But Lord... It may be because I don't truly understand who you are. It may be because I just, I, I don't understand the fullness of authority that I hold. But Lord, give me a revelation of who you are. Give me a revelation of, of what you've called me to do in you. In Jesus' name. As in, praise singers.